You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. I'm Christian Babcock, the host of the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. And what we do on the podcast is we talk to disruptive companies in the outdoor industry, talk about innovative hunting solutions that are changing the landscape, as well as offer you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. All in all, I just want to help you become a better hunter by providing you with high-quality knowledge and information that you can trust. Stay tuned. What's up, guys? Been absent from the podcast for a while now. It's been, I think, nine or ten days. So sorry for the absence. I went to Colorado for a week, got back, and it was a long, long week. 3,000 miles drove two bull elk saw eight cows that we saw so it was a uneventful eventful trip and just haven't had the time between work and hanging out with the wife to get an episode out for you guys but this week on the podcast we're joined by luke of fob archery if you're familiar with any kind of alternative to traditional fletchings this is the one um it's a You know, it looks like a circular uh, quarter to a half dollar sized fletching, and it's really cool. And I want to let Luke do the describing for you, but definitely check out this episode. Uh, So this week on the podcast, I'm joined by Luke Harden. Uh, He is the operator of FOB. That's an acronym, by the way. Archer, if you've seen him on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, they are a a different way to fletch (laughs) a different way to fletch arrows arrows very interesting very cool looking so luke why don't you just give the listener a little context into who you are and uh, what you do at fob archery yeah so i'm one of three owners of fob archery uh my one of my business partners brink bowers may join us here in a second um but uh basically we took over this company this product uh, with, with a third partner, um, last year in July. And, uh, it's been on the market for a little while since, uh, 2007 actually. Um, but just, uh, long story short, didn't receive the marketing that it really deserved a great product. So, um, we'd been using it for a good many years. Um, me, uh, around six years before we took it over Frank about nine or 10, and my, our third partner about the same time as me. So um, knew it was a great product and had a lot of uh, potential. So, um, you know, all the rebranding that, that we've done, um, you know, has been an effort to grow it. So, Yeah, so for someone consuming in purely an audio form, sometimes it's hard to get your, your mind around what something looks like. Could you maybe explain to the best of your abilities what – the product actually is, you know, kind of what it looks like and, and why it's different. Yeah. So first of all, it's a little bit honestly difficult to, um, to describe. Uh, it's easier just to see a picture of it, which you can, you know, you can do on our website or if you Google just, you know, fob archery fletching or whatever, you'll, you'll find some pictures, but for the listener that just to give them a description, it's, it's kind of like a round disc. Um, it's basically three internal veins that are encompassed by an outer ring wing. Um, it's half an inch in, um, uh, from a side profile in, in width, uh, and it's an inch in diameter. 
Um, and the other way you can picture it is uh, if you ever can just think of like a draw, a bomb being dropped out of uh, an airplane, what you kind of picture on the back or, or even a submarine, what you pic- picture on the rear of that, that's kind of what it looks like. You know, just breaking this down very simply put, I think a lot of people in the archery industry buy three fletched vein arrows and they buy the ones that are on the arrows and they refletch them with quick fletches and they don't really understand maybe the real reason um, that fletchings are there. So maybe you could give us a little color into, you know, why do we need to fletch arrows? Why do we need to think about fletching arrows in a meaningful way? Why is that going to help us in, you know, target archery or a hunting situation? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's to stabilize your arrow. Um, you know, it helped help steer it, for lack of better terms. Um, so, you're right. A lot of people do use quick fletches, um, or, or some guys even do it themselves with a jig, that sort of thing. Um, and there's all different types of fletching configurations you've got three veins um you know you've got three veins that are straight no helical no offset you've got some two three four degree offset or two three four degree helical then you get into four fletch um in the same type of deal um so there's so many iterations and it's really preferential It's, it's what guys have kind of experimented with um and gals obviously uh to find the best air flight for themselves um you know ultimately it's a balance of uh drag um which stabilizes the arrow obviously that that fletching is adding some drag um versus you know some guys not wanting to give up too much speed that sort of thing it just depends on where you fall what your preferences are um because one, you know, the more accurate setups are going to be harsher uh, offsets or, or helicals um, for That's why you see people running four fletch because there's a little more drag. Um, it's just going to stabilize that arrow a little bit more. Um, so I don't know if that dire- directly answered your question, but uh, that's just kind of a little bit regarding fletchings and fletching setups. Yeah. So if if the if the main reason that fletching exists is for stabilization, you know, obviously to create a more accurate archer um, without changing anything of yourself, you know, you just you want to add products and, and things in there that are going to help you be more accurate um, as you're shooting. So, you know, how looking at at the the fob, you know, fletchings, they they're obviously very intriguing um, to look at. And so, what a you know, how do they act differently when compared to like a regular flushing? Because there's obviously a reason um, that you guys made this product and kind of what, what what's the reason to use this versus maybe a traditional three or four fletching arrow? Yes, they were developed by an aerospace engineer, actually. Um, we did not uh, develop them. Um, we just, you know, certainly acquired uh, the patent and the and the company and everything like that. So, but to answer your question, um, fobs have a four degree offset, um, so they're a little more again on the aggressive side. But they also the outer ring wing does quite a bit. Um, it if you look at the side profile and we have some pictures of this again for guys that are more visual on um, the how it works page of our website 
Uh, if you picture an arrow from the side with traditional fletchings, you're gonna you're gonna see, especially every time it spins, there's gonna be an orientation where there's quite a bit of surface area from the side that that fletching makes, um, and it's gonna be a, a lot. Now there are lower profile fletchings and that and veins and that sort of thing, but for the most part, almost any fletching out on the market is going to have more surface area uh, than a fob from the side. Because again, you're only from the side, a fob looks like a rectangle that's half inch by an inch. Um, so the surface area is quite reduced, which for guys that are out west or shooting or just in general shooting in more windy conditions, that's going to be preferential to those guys. Just the same logic of why you would shoot a four millimeter arrow, because of the whole length of that shaft, you're reducing that cross-sectional area. That's the same thing that the fob does. And, and no matter what orientation it is as it's spinning, it's always got the outer ring wing blocking those internal veins. So not only is it less cross-sectional area, it's actually more aerodynamic because it's a cylinder and the air just flows up and over which is, again, why you get a lot less uh, push, um, you know, on your arrow from crosswinds. Um, the other thing that it does is most fletching, traditional fletchings are, are pretty, uh, are malleable. They give in flight. Um, some of them don't uh, as much, you know, like an AAE, AAE vein is, is a little bit stiffer than a blazer. Um, but nonetheless, they're still most of the time they're going to if you were to sl slow that video footage down or, or video and slow it down, you're going to see some flutter, um, which. Can can create inconsistency like and again, it's not going to be uh, they work, obviously, that's why people use them. Right. Yeah. Um, but the point is, fobs being rigid, there's no give. in it, And so it's kind of we related to kind of like. Throwing a football, you throw a spiral for a reason, right? Because it's gonna it's gonna fly better downrange versus you throwing a duck, right? Um, so same concept with fob. Because it's rigid, you're gonna get consistent uh, spin, no give as far as the fletching. So assuming everything else is correct on your arrow, then it's gonna be more consistent. And and then thus more accurate, especially longer ranges and again, and uh, and heavier winds that I have, and that I think most people would have was, how do these stick on the arrow? Are they glued onto the arrow? Are like a traditional fletching, or is it you know how how do you do this? Yeah, so that's another big benefit you, you that I guess I uh, got distracted and didn't get to as far as your last question. Why would someone shoot them? Well, this is a huge reason why you would shoot them, because the way that these install, and if you're on Instagram, you up on our top of our profile, there's a little highlight um, videos, like five or six seconds. It'll, it's like a really quick little showing you how fast you can install them. Um, so again, for, I'm a huge visual guy, so that's why I'm yeah. recommending it. No, that's perfect. But, um, but basically, the fob has a back shoulder on like the knock side it's, or a lip you might call it where when you slide the fob onto the arrow shaft it stops it from going any farther onto the arrow shaft and then you uh, that's having taken your knockout first 
then that comes in your arrow, you would either cut your fletchings off or order bear shaft arrows, take your flet or take your knockout, slide the fob on again, that shoulder will stop it from sliding any further. And then you put the knock into the back of the fob and then back into the arrow. And that shoulder or lip is then pinched between the arrow shaft and the knock. And the press fit of the knock is the only thing that holds it on. So there's no glue, there's no jig needed. Um, and the, the knock is actually also press fit with the fob. So I'm kind of getting ahead of you potentially, but a lot of people may be thinking, well, if it, it goes on like that, then yes, it actually does pop off. And yes, you cannot use it with a whisker biscuit because it will pop off. But that's actually a feature or a benefit really, because if you shoot an animal, and get a pass through now that fob has popped off typically it only falls about five feet or less from where that pass through occurs so the animal runs off you can either get out of the stand if you're tree stand hunting or you walk up from your spot and stalk where you shot it and that fob's laying on the ground now you've got a locator that gives you a point of reference to where, for where to start looking for blood um and because of that most guys are using reflective arrow wraps because obviously if it pops off, you don't want to be looking for a black shaft. Um, mm -hmm. So either a fluorescent or a reflective, we, we highly recommend uh, reflective. But um, And then you just get your arrow, pick up your fob, and again, the knock's going to be with it because it's press fit, and you just put it back on, you're ready to go again. These are reusable, and they don't, they don't break. So like in a, so for, for, for my perspective, I'm shooting targets a lot. Uh, I shoot 70 pounds, 30-inch draw. I rip some fletchings sometimes and yeah. going through animals. I rip fletchings off and you know, I've probably got 20 or 30 arrows sitting in my house that just, they're perfectly fine, but I'm not going to refletch them. They're just, they're yeah. just sitting there with no fletchings on them. Yeah. And so if I had a fletching maybe that I could just put right back in with a knock, I think I might save myself some money. You would save yourself the money and you're, you know, for you and guys like yourself that are listening that, and same boat as you, they have a bucket of arrows laying over in the corner, just sitting there, ready to be refletched. I mean, some guys will kind of collect them until they get six or eight or, you know, more, and then they'll take them to the shop to get them refletched, or then they'll, it'll be worth their time to sit down and refletch them. Um, but that's the perfect customer, I mean, and perfect candidate, rather, uh, for shooting fobs, because to answer your question, they're durable. They are durable. Um, they're not going to break uh, most likely on a pass through unless you're in like super really, really low temp uh, conditions. They may because it's plastic. So common sense tells you cold, cold plastic cracks. I mean, that's just. Yeah. Um, but that usually is an issue uh, because of the nature which it hits. I think Frank's joining us. Um, so this is. Brink Bowers, one of my partners. Hey, how's it going, man? It's Christian, good. nice to meet you. Um, I was just telling him about uh, popping off and uh, okay. durability, and so they're they're durable. Want to pop off? They won't. They were not going to break. Now we do recommend spot shooting, especially when you're inside of like forty, um, because again they're durable, but they're plastic. So if you continue to shoot, they'll they'll pop off themselves, um, and then eventually they're going to break. Um, they won't, they most likely won't break the first time or even the second or third, but they're going to eventually break. Um, so 
He's gonna try I to got one laying around here that cracked the other day. It's probably had it for three years. Yeah, so they're, oh, wow. they're, they're terrible. And then another little tip is actually they're made out of nylon material, and it's not just a just nylon. It's proprietary and everything. But the the base concept for a nylon material is that it's what's called hygroscopic, H-Y-G-R-O-S-C-O-P-I-C. Uh, and that means that it likes moisture. Um, and if it uh, if it um, if it dries out, it becomes a little more brittle. So what you can just do is actually soak your fobs in um, in water, and they kind of uh, rejuvenate, so to speak. But this is a fob. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. The so I could actually probably reshoot this. Yeah, and it would be fine because it looks normal. But if I actually pull on it, you can see it's actually cracked. Mm-hmm. But it actually goes back into position. Um, I mean, I wouldn't yeah. recommend. Yeah, it. I wouldn't hunt with that, but you could, you could target shoot with it. Um, yeah, but that's really interesting. A long answer to your question. Yeah. So one thing that I think about too, um, around arrows is you know some people like an arrow that you know fletchings that don't touch their face at all. You know they want a different distance from. Uh, from the knock so with the fobs i know you said that what keeps it in there is the shoulder and putting the knock back in is there any uh, is there any way or any variation between how far that is going to sit away from your knock can you adjust that um so not really no uh, because it's just going to be pitched mm -hmm. in between the knock and the shaft but all knocks are pretty much different lengths right so, um, and then, you know, if you shoot lighted knocks, typically those are longer, especially if you shoot ones like knockout lighted knocks or like the NAP uh, thunder glows. Those are really long. Um, so um, so you can't really change that. So and kind of to your point about like anchor points and stuff like that, some guys do find, you know, if, you're, if they're anchoring real far back on their jaw where that the D loop and the, and the knock sit then they may find that it's uncomfortable um, and it pushes into their face, which is also not a good thing because when they fire, if it's pushing it out, it may throw off their, you know, their, the flight of their arrow. Um, I did see a picture of you. Uh, I don't know how long ago it was with your well, three points of um, like anchor points. Yeah. Um, and it looks like you're kind of more of the optimal where you fall as far as kind of more right here. Cause some guys, so we, we basically use the fob almost as like a kisser but it sits mm -hmm. right in the corner of my mouth you know right obviously the, the crease there and i what i've actually i have a few arrows that are still fletched from way back when mm -hmm. and every time i'll shoot one of those and man i feel like i'm naked honestly i'm like oh my god nothing's touching the corner of my mouth uh, and it's just become another anchor point for me uh so yeah and there's also a picture of that too on our Instagram page uh, of a guy doing that as well. Um, just kind of give you another visual, but um, but yeah, that's, you can't really change the the placement of it um, just due to the design of how it installs. Yeah, I mean, I think with with proper form, it's not going to be an issue. But you see, you see some people, you know, they're anchoring and they got they got their string, you know, halfway across their face, and I'm like. Man, a piece of flat that one that might hurt. You know, I I think it could hurt with the with a regular fletching. It might hurt worse with that. Maybe that's just a better way to promote better archery form. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So 
you know, what have uh, what have been some situations that you know, some hunting situations, and how have uh, how have you guys really seen the the fob impact you guys in a positive way in your own like throughout your own hunting adventures? It's the first thing that I find when I go to try to track a deer. Honestly, mm-hmm. you got this bright orange, bright neon green, bright blue, bright pink, whatever choose whatever color you choose. That's the first thing I find usually. I I don't shoot with light knocks. Mm-hmm. I never really don't have a reason why I think they're awesome. Um, but that's the first thing I find, whether it's daylight or dark. Uh, and then from there, usually my arrow is not too far away. Uh, and as far as flight, uh, other than great flight, the entire time I've ever shot them. And I mean, it's really the same for me as well. Just for us, we are like, and and you kind of hit on it. I don't know necessarily the reason you don't want to refletch the arrows. You said we're sitting in the corner over there, but but I mean, for us, we would we would rather spend that. I mean, because guys, if you really get good at it, you you might you might be as fast as like fifteen minutes for a dozen, mm-hmm. but you might spend two minutes max on a dozen fobs. So yeah. that's what 13 minutes if you're that fast but just in general we want to spend more time hunting scouting with our families than sitting and flushing arrows and we get we certainly get that some guys find it therapeutic and enjoy it and that's that's cool and we respect that and and honestly you may not be you may not want to shoot five because of that which is fine but there's so many advantages to them they they're there's they are more accurate especially again like i mentioned in higher winds longer distances they they take no time to fletch you can put them in your pack if you're going out west whether if you're on the east coast and traveling for your first elk hunt or if you if, regardless if you're on a backpacking trip throw them in your pack they're they're there they're not they're you know they're going to be great to just pop out and put on your shafts um, you know, if you, if something goes wrong, you don't have to worry about lugging a jig or something mm-hmm. to, to, um, to fix that. You can just pop another one on because they're, they're consistent and they're repeatable. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's for me, I haven't got to use any yet. I'm fairly new to the, oh. this whole concept and idea, but the, the whole idea, like the, the quick fletch, I mean, how many people use quick quick fletch now just because they're trying to save time and just because everyone's not an archery guy like everyone's everyone that bow hunts you know they might have got they might got a bow from their uncle they might have got one from their dad their grandpa they don't know anything yeah. about arrows you, you I just now just in 2019 with the whole plethora of the internet am I seeing that people are even starting to understand what a grain of an arrow is what a spine of an arrow is so yeah. if you can take out any any of these steps that like keep people educated or keep people shooting, you know, consistently in the right way. I, I would want to do that. Like even let's think, let's talk about even, even quick flush, you know, I got to go in there. I, I have to put water in a, in a pan. I have to boil it. You know, there's so many, I have to dip each arrow in there. I have to make sure it's at the right point. You know, if I take the knockoff, I install the flushings and I put the knock back on. It can't get any simpler than that. Yeah. Yeah. They're all going to, that's another point. Actually, you're, you're helping us out. Cause I, I, I honestly hadn't thought about as far as even quick fletch your flight could change if you if you get a quarter inch off forward or back in the placement of that 
and and I'll be frank, I have never used those, so I, mm-hmm. I don't have experience with that. But I imagine that that might be a consideration is when you're when you're shrinking that onto the shaft, getting it in the same location. Again, archery is all about repeatability, consistency. That's why you have anchor points, you know, and, and all that you want to you're trying to create something that's repeatable and consistent. So, again, with fobs, they're injection molded. You know, they they vary roughly on average about 0.3 grains. That's that's incredibly low tolerance. Um, you know, they're injection molded so that the, the four degree offset is going to be the same every time. Um, you know, you're not going to worry about getting it the right angle with your jig, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so and, and at twenty nine dollars a pack, even plus shipping. Most shops are charging some, some, I've talked to some shops that, that charge like a dollar per vein. Some just charge flat, flat, flat fee of three or $4 per arrow, depending on where you're at. So even at the cheaper side of things, three fifty an arrow, a whole dozen, that's 36 bucks. So you're spending a little bit less on fobs and you can do it at home in, in two minutes. So yeah. I mean, how many, how many are coming in a pack? What's the, the variation in colors? You know, cause some people, everyone now they want their, their custom oh, vein. They want yeah, their I'm custom. Like I'm like yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am too, man. Like I want, I want something that looks badass. Like I want something like that. So what's the color configs? I know you can't go into all of those. You probably have a lot, but color configs and how much are they? How many come in a pack? Yeah. So again, $29 a pack on our website, um, plus shipping, shipping typically runs, about three dollars give or take 25 cents um and that's if you order like one or two packs it changes obviously the more you order um and you 12 come in a pack so you're going to be able to outfit all 12 of your errors if you're buying a dozen at a time um it does come with a clearance tester which you can basically just set it on you you take your knockout or whatever and you can slide it over the shaft and it, it slides across the shaft like all the way up and down the shaft and you would basically prop your arrow arrow up where the arrow rest holds it, you know, then grab it such that you can keep that arrow there, let your rest down and then slide that clearance tester across the arrow, which basically mimics the, the path of that arrow when it takes off. So you can basically check if you're going to get clearance. And honestly, it's not really necessary. It's more of a kind of comfort tool um, mm-hmm. because Bob's, are actually one they're slightly smaller in diameter than like a blazer um, by a hair and two they're farther back on the arrow so as far as clearance goes it's going to take that much longer for it to get to the rest fork falling mm-hmm. um but i don't this is not something that's people think of a lot and and so it kind of brings me to this point um as far as clearance and your rest and stuff there is kind of I'm going to say this carefully. There are some shops across the country. I don't know a percentage. I just know they do exist because we run into it from a customer service standpoint uh, numerous times of rests being not set up properly. More specifically, cable-driven rests like the QAD, the HHA Virtus, um, mm-hmm. Ripcord. Um, so... And and when you don't set up a cable-driven rest properly, 
you may not know it if you're shooting traditional fletchings because mm-hmm. they bend out of the way and then they bend back and in doing so it's actually kind of quiet it's not really going to affect arrow flight until you get out to maybe past 40 50 or longer ranges but if you slap a fob on there and it hits the rest even in the slightest it may it probably kick it up if it's you know the, the worse it is it, the more aer- erratic the arrow flight's going to be um and some people have uh you know chalked it up to oh the product doesn't work because they you know they thought that their fletchings were just fine and dandy but in reality we we've talked to some more um reasonable uh, customers i guess you could call them and talk through it and said hey look and here's a tip for anybody um whether you're shooting fobs or fletchings if somebody else has set up your your bow and you don't you're not really sure maybe you just want to check you can put lipstick or you can put some like baby powder on your uh, fletchings or your fobs and shoot it if it leaves a mark on that rest that means it's that's where it's hitting and you need to adjust your the timing of your drop away mm-hmm. but so that's kind of an issue for us that we run into a lot um and th- that's really the only issue that kind of people run into and prevents them from shooting fobs because sometimes they just they don't want to deal with it or they just chalk it up to the product and obviously in reality it's not our product it's something else not being set up right um but yeah yeah, I mean, do you think you could run into that issue? I know you're talking about drop away timing, but do you think you could run into the same issue with like say say paper tuning? If your arrow's coming off a little bit sideways, maybe you could hit some kind of rail or or something like that. Have you seen any issues like that um, with people? Because I mean, like we were talking about with the anchor point of it maybe being a product that uh, produces or um, is an advocate for better form. Like yeah. the same thing with your rest. Could this also help someone be corrective in, you know, say their paper tuning or like you said, the timing of their rest? Oh yeah, certainly. Cause like, as far as being able to correct it, if you order fobs and you hear it hit, or again, you, you, you're, you're most likely going to hear it or know it because if they aren't flying correctly, one, either your bow's not tuned properly, which is not normally the case but most likely it's because it's hitting that rest causing it to you know derail the air flight fly erratically so we, we kind of joke and call it the truth teller sometimes mm-hmm. because again people really it's it, people we've talked to uh, numerous guys that call in they they say they're getting contact we talk them through and they're like well you know we're not getting in contact with our fletchings and we're like well you might be and we, well we ask them first like have you tested it have you like put powder on them or anything well no and then they we convince them to go do it, and then they do it, and they're like, "Well, dang it, I, I am getting fletching." And actually, another good sign that you can that might give you uh, indication if you're getting some um, contact with your traditional fletchings is if they if they're warped, or if they if they for like if they start kind of tearing off, and it's not because of shooting or something. Um, but that's another thing we've run into guys, guys say, oh yeah, you know, I was kind of wondering why my fletchings were kind of, you know, warped a little bit. And it's because they have been shooting them through a rest that's not dropping fast enough and they're brushing by and over and over and over again, that ends up warping them. Um, but as far as tuning goes, uh, you can't pay for tune with fob. That's the other thing, you know, it's just going to leave a huge inch 
in diameter chunk in the paper. Yeah. Um, you do have the bare shaft tune with them. But honestly, I mean, we kind of recommend that anyway. Um, you know, if you can get a bullet hole with the bare shaft, you're, you know, you're, you're well tuned. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just wrapping up here, what are, what have been, you know, the customer feedback since you guys have taken, taken over the company? I'm sure you've got some, <laughs> some haters, just like every good product does and some skeptics, I think probably more skeptics than haters. Yeah. And so what has been the initial customer reviews, you know, the people that have been positive and actually used the product and not just made a, made an assumption before using? Yeah, it's been extremely positive. I mean, um, you know, we've we've made uh, an attempt to get in the hands of guys like John Lusk of Lusk Archery Adventures on YouTube, uh, DIY Sportsmen, um, you know, guys that can get some uh, unbiased reviews out to their followers uh, and just in general, other people that we've gotten that maybe they don't do YouTube, YouTube videos, but just customers in general are. Uh, they're just surprised because you're right. There, there's a lot of skeptics out there because some people see it and they're like, what the heck is that? Which most people will say that, you know, and, um, and, and because of the, it does look kind of odd at first until you get used to it. And so just that in general can create some skepticism. Um, but then again, on the other side of it, the archery industry is, is not really uh, adept to change i mean mm-hmm. i think the younger generation is becoming more and more that to change but there's a lot of guys that that they're not it's kind of one of those things we've got this comment a lot actually you know uh, basically to the tune of if it ain't broke don't fix it or uh why change something that's worked for you know a thousand years or whatever something ridiculous like that and we just kind of um, laugh in a sense and, and kind of ask, do you shoot a compound bow? Because that's an innovation. You mm-hmm. know, that we had long bows made with sticks in the string, and then eventually there was a recurve, and now there's the compound. So, um, you know, so there's definitely some skepticism. But if you try it and your rest is timed well, if assuming you shoot a drop away, Man, the, the the reviews are are extremely positive. Yeah, you know, one brand that I've actually had on the podcast that really reminds me of you guys is I don't know I don't know if you're familiar with like Gearhead Archery, but yeah. they they make the the really funky looking bow and like yeah. a bunch of people super- are like oh that wouldn't work and like it's super they have some super small models super big models like a lot of people shooting target archery with them and like. From what I've heard, they're a pretty good shooting bow. They're weird looking, you know, but, you know, if someone if someone makes a good or a better product at the end of the day, that's what it is, you know. They're, I think they're doing decently well, and it seems like you guys are doing decently well as well. Yeah. So, I mean, my just my ode to you guys would be just keep on. You know, I mean, I would love to try some. They look awesome. And, and honestly, uh, you know, there's a lot more that we could cover, but, you know, maybe that's for another time. And, uh, maybe once you get the chance to shoot them, but we certainly appreciate you having us on and, um, you know, uh, look forward to, to maybe hearing your feedback too. Yeah, man. And and for anyone that uh, maybe wants to pick some of these up, one is going to go and look for you guys on social, your website, where, where's the best place to do that? So again, our website is fobarchery.com. That's F O B archery.com. 
And then uh, same thing for Instagram, just at Fob Archery. Um, on Facebook, we actually are uh, listed as Fob Fletching Only Better. Um, but you can reach out to us um, as far as like questions on any of those platforms, Messenger on Facebook, um, uh, DM on Instagram, email, which is listed on our the contact page of our website, uh, as well as calling. We love to chat with guys, so it, we, we really enjoy getting to know customers and potential customers. Um, so you know, don't hesitate to call in. And then orderings, if, if you've ever ordered anything online, it's as simple as just doing it on our website. So Right. Uh, well, Luke, I really appreciate it, man. I wish you guys the best. Super excited to try these out, and we'll definitely be doing another episode when I get my initial reviews. Can only do and talk about so much inquisitive questions that I have until I've actually touched them, and that's when it's going to really open up. So excited for that, man, and thank you again for jumping on the podcast. Hey, guys, thank you so much for consuming the Hunter's Advantage podcast. We really appreciate it, and we really do do the podcast for you all. And just to stay in tune with that and what you guys want to hear, feel free to message us on Facebook or Instagram on who you would like to see on the podcast next. Peace.